1: two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless
0: speculation. Reckless oh. speculation.
1: Yeah. Reckless speculation Thursday on a Tuesday here on Minnesota sports with Mackie and Judd. He's our guy, Darren doogie Wilson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. You may know him from breaking the Carlos Santana news over hey. the weekend. Were you at the Wolves game while you were breaking that news?
2: Yeah, not only, Phil, was I at the Wolves game, I was helping chaperone 10 Rebels. So oh, I gosh. was definitely <laughs> wow. distracted at different times. I'm trying to fact check it, right? Like, I trust the information as it's coming in, but wanted to make sure, okay, This is 100%. Like, I can go with it. So, yeah, it was a matter of, you know, maneuvering and and multitasking. But, yeah, we got her done late Friday night.
0: Never rests. The cell phone never rests. Love to see it.
2: It was fun. Yeah, I mean, and, hey, it wasn't necessarily a signing I was expecting. Like, they've had enough dialogue on Adam Duvall, some other guys, that I thought, yeah, maybe they go more the outfield route, which they could still do, like, I was even told, I know you want to start with Wolves, but like there's been some recent dialogue on a reunion with Michael A. Taylor, right? (laughs) So they're not completely done. Now, nothing is like on the cusp as we sit here on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Time. But they're still kicking the tires on a number of free agents. But I didn't necessarily think it would be a DH slash first baseman. But now I get it, right? Like you think about Alex Kirloff in the postseason. Kirillov against lefties the way Carlos Santana can hit lefties it's a good mix there I believe now you can have Kyle Farmer concentrate maybe more so on second base so like when the twins play lefties right face a lefty starter Kyle Farmer at second base Carlos Santana at first
1: base yes yeah and we will we'll do some more twins before the scoop session is over too but with two days before the NBA trade deadline we did want to dive into some of the latest here so you've been reporting on a lot of these names throughout the past several weeks and months I'm just going to give you a barrage of the things I've seen from Hoops hype here the last like 48 hours and then you tell us what's going on with the Wolves which names make the most sense so uh, Hoops hype is saying Tyus Jones has drawn trade interest from a bunch of teams including the Wolves there was a, a one report that had the Wolves offering like four second round picks for Tyus uh, other names that are floating out there, is it DeLon Wright, Alec Burks from the Pistons, Wright from the Wizards, and then Monte Morris from uh, the Wizards, Right, no Pistons, he's with the Pistons right now, and then Royce O'Neal from the Nets, so there clearly there's a bunch of irons out there for the Wolves, I would assume they'd be looking to take on just like rent-a-players, because they don't want to add much to their luxury tax situation going into next year, but All these names floating around. Let's start with Tyus Jones. How possible is Tyus Jones?
2: Not very possible at all. In fact, that one report about the offer of four second round picks, 100% false. That I can tell you. Now, have the Wolves had dialogue with the Wizards? Absolutely. Sure. And there are Tyus Jones fans in the front office remaining from his days here. It's hard not to like Tyus. If you think about perhaps the perfect ad, At the 2 o'clock central trade deadline on Thursday, to me, it would be Tyus Jones. Some insurance for Mike Conley Jr., although they did play well, what, eight days ago in OKC. Beat the Thunder without Mike Conley Jr., but we've seen how poor they've played at times against the Spurs, against Mm -hmm. the Hornets, without Mike Conley Jr. at 36. You just wonder, can the body hold up? How will Mike Conley Jr. be mid-April, late April? What the Wolves hope is a deep run through May. How will that body hold up? So you can make a strong case Tyus is a perfect fit, right? The way he moves the ball, the way he makes threes. But it just doesn't sound realistic. A, the Wizards have some interest in keeping him, and they're just not going to give him away. I get it. The Wizards are a dumpster fire, but they love Tyus. If there's a way to keep Tyus, Tyus does like many things about the Wizards, including having a starting job. I just don't see how the two teams come together on a deal. The Wolves can't move their 2024 first-round pick. If Washington does get a first-round pick, okay, maybe they move off ties. But I just don't see the match, haven't seen the match going back many months. Plus, if you wanted to make a case that, okay, you could find a match, Leonard Miller plus expiring contracts plus as many second-round picks as you can move. You know, if you wanted to put all that together, is it truly worth If you believe that Conley Jr. can stay healthy, how many minutes are here for Tyus? Now, to me, Tyus and Mike could coexist on the court at different times, but is there more than 18 to 22 minutes a night for Tyus? Would it be worth gutting all your future assets? You know, you feel like Leonard Miller can be a rotation guy as soon as next year. Like, are you moving Leonard Miller for a rental? So you can also have that conversation, if it even makes sense, from the Wolves' standpoint, do you get marketedly better with Tyus? But to me, you would, but I
0: just, I've just i never seen the match between the Wizards and the Wolves. So, Duke, so of all the name, uh, names that Phil just threw out, in your opinion, who's the most realistic target by that 2 p.m. deadline on Thursday?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's either Monty Morris or DeLon Wright. I mean, perhaps Bones Highland. Now, I don't know how much Bones Highland truly helps, but the Wolves, at one point in the last year, thought they had a deal done for Bones Highland. So we know Tim Connolly and company, especially with Tim's history with Bones in Denver, that there is some interest in Bones. But I think it would be Morris or DeLon Wright. Now, Wright is at like $8 million. Morris is making, what, somewhere in that ballpark. The Wolves need to be a little bit careful. So they are currently, yeah. Phil, you may have the exact number but is it like 2.2 million below the luxury tax? 2.1 million? It's, I mean, I'm in that yeah. ballpark. And so, not to get into all the minutiae, but like, I just don't have any sense that Glenn Taylor, he did it a couple years ago when they made the move for D'Angelo Russell, but I just don't have the sense that Glenn, who remains the majority owner today, so this is his decision, I just don't have a sense that Glenn is willing to dip into the luxury tax. Bottom line, if Glenn did that, the Wolves would not get a slice of the pie. So all these teams that are over the tax put money in. The teams that are under the tax get to grab from that pie. The grabbing of the pie would be approximately $14 million. I just don't have any sense that Glenn is saying, yeah, okay, I'll sacrifice the 14. Plus, if we go over the luxury tax, I'm also paying out that money. Yeah. I just don't see how the wolves do that for a move that's on the margins. Like you're not making any sort of blockbuster right now so i don't think you're making a move on the margins to then dip into the luxury tax so we are looking for close to dollar for dollar but are you willing to move both shake milton and troy brown jr to get a Monty morris or delon Wright? would that even make sense like i can make a case phil troy brown jr still has a role on this team i think he should be playing more in now. April. yeah yeah so You're not moving Kyle Anderson. You're just not. Chris Finch doesn't want that to happen. I just can't foresee a scenario unless you're bringing back a big time headliner. Like, I just, I have a hard time believing in the next two days Kyle Anderson gets moved. So, we're talking about Shake Milton. We're talking about Troy Brown Jr. Heck, if you need to aggregate, right, like Jordan McLaughlin, I suppose, right, as an expiring contract, if you're upgrading the backup point guard spot, if you feel like a Monty Morris is an upgrade over Jordan McLaughlin, I suppose you could add McLaughlin plus a second-round pick or two second-round picks. But the price for Wright, the price for Morris, we're not talking a high price. Even Royce O'Neal, like I can make a case Royce O'Neal does make sense. As of last week, there wasn't a whole lot of steam on that, but they have had dialogue with Brooklyn. Like I think about the potential of a first-round playoff matchup against New Orleans. You're not stopping Zion Williamson, but if you could have another body like Royce O'Neal to throw at Zion – you know, you can make a case for that. So a bigger type wing. So, I mean, I've mentioned Doug McDermott, you're not making a trade with the Spurs, but if they don't find a trade partner, maybe they move off the shake Milton contract. They can sign a guy like Doug McDermott off the buyout market. Maybe it's a different player on the buyout market, but put it this way. I will be surprised if they do nothing.
1: Yeah. Hey, here's a question. I I don't know that I've ever asked you this, but He's I think he's only played 3 games for the Iowa Wolves. He's averaging 37 points, 12 rebounds, uh 57% from the field. When he gets in garbage time, he looks really good. Does Luka Garza have trade value? Like could you I've not could heard is that. he is I mean, he was appealing? In Detroit.
2: Yeah, I mean, there're still concerns about the defense, where I will give Luka credit. A He can put the ball in the basket. Yeah. Like he has a legit NBA skill set of scoring the basketball. That he can do. And the work he has put in on his body like A plus. Like he has transformed his body. Go back. Dude, 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 watch he averages Iowa Hawkeyes 30 points in the G now. League, now.
1: Yeah. He, you know, he can score.
2: Well, that's why I wonder if the Wolves eventually convert him to a standard NBA deal. He's still on a two-way contract. But remember, he had his time in Detroit. Like if he couldn't make it in Detroit, I don't know if they'll ever have, like, this big-time role, at least in the foreseeable future. No.
0: Hey, Dukes, on the uh, the potential of exceeding or not exceeding the luxury tax, here's my question, and I know it's up to Glenn. But that, that being said, with some of the future decisions that the Wolves are going to face in the summer about contracts and wh- how things are going to, to work, despite the fact that I think there are some in the fan base that would be thrilled just to win a series. What is the immediate expectation or pressure here? Like, if you know that you're going to have to do something in the summer, i.e. a trade or something, that you don't want to do but are being forced to do financially, what is the immediate expectation of, you know what, we are going to go for it, and clearly if you're going to do that, you're going to have to do that by Thursday's deadline?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, this is the last time, Judd, where they can aggregate contracts based on next year's, cap sheet now yes could a carl anthony towns trade change the dynamic absolutely but if you look at their sheet for next year like they're a second apron team or right in that ballpark first apron second apron again i don't want to get into all the cap minutia but they will be limited in terms of flexibility roster flexibility maneuverability next year this is their last great chance to really do some things so that's why again i'll be surprised if they do nothing, that championship window is open. You need to strike. It's just, to me, delicate in terms of close to dollar for dollar. But who knows? Maybe it'll change. Like, I'm checking. Like, I'm not dismissing, you know, them dipping into the luxury tax. I mean, hey, how can you ignore at what the 49.50 game mark being tied for first in the Western Conference? I suppose OKC is tiebreaker, so I guess right the second, OKC is the one seed. But, like, that one seed is there for the taking. We've seen how good the Wolves are at Target Center. I think we'd all feel pretty good if the Wolves have home court advantage in a playoff series in spite of the matchup. Like, okay, maybe they don't match up well with New Orleans or a couple other teams, right? The Clippers would scare me a lot, right? But if the Wolves have home court advantage, you'd feel pretty good about their chances. So Glenn understands that, right? So it's something I will be monitoring the next couple of days, maybe I'll have an update when I join you guys on Thursday, or maybe we actually go back and forth Thursday after the trade deadline. Maybe that makes yeah. more sense. But either way, maybe I'll have an update on Thursday. But that's a lot of money to be sacrificing. But bottom line, like in short, Judd, to answer your inquiry, like this is their last great chance to really have ultimate flexibility.
1: Isn't that crazy, like championship window, and it's and it's legitimate. We're at the all-star you can't break. You can
2: scoff at it, right? I, I mean, know, I know. It's there. It's a favorable not schedule for the rest but, of the way. I yeah. get it. They're not the favorites, right? Right now, to me, it would be the Clippers or the Nuggets. I understand that, but you can make a compelling case that this team is capable of making some sort of run. Yeah, maybe the bar is just win a series, get home court for a series. If you're the four seed, fine, we'll take it win that 4-5 matchup, then if you lose to the one seed, fine, right? Although we'd have all sorts of questions to ask in the summer. But, like, yes, you need to view it as, hey, we can play into June. That that Western Conference is there for the taking. Maybe somebody knocks off Boston in the East. Hey, like, let's think about that. Let's think about playing into middle of June.
1: Uh, By the way, before we keep going here, I do want to uh, remind the audience that if you want to hang out with us this weekend, you can on Saturday at the Minnesota Golf Show. Details at mngolfshow.com, and tickets are very reasonable as well. You can get tickets at mngolfshow.com. But we are going to do a live podcast recording from 2 o'clock until 3.30 at the Josh Arnold Investment Consultant Podcast stage. So if you're feeling a little bit... uh, Little bit. I mean, some of the golf courses are open, I guess, over the last couple weeks. This is kind of a weird winter, but if you're feeling that golf itch and you want to come and recklessly speculate with us in person, you can do so at the Minneapolis Convention Center. The golf show runs Friday through Sunday. We'll be there on Saturday at 2 o'clock, MNGolfShow.com for more details. Also, a shout out to our friends at Zero Res with their 4.9 out of 5 star rating on Google, 17,000 reviews, which is Pretty incredible. They're here to deep clean your home, your carpets, your air ducts. Make sure that you can breathe in some fresh, clean air. And if you ask for the Scorn Earth Special, you get three rooms zero-resified starting at just $119 and a free hallway cleaned as well, plus $75 off when you get your air ducts zero-res clean. That's nine five two zero 0 res or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Say you want the Scorn Earth Special. Spell it forward or backwards. It spells the same. Zero-res. Uh, if you have more Wolves stuff, Dukes, fire away. Otherwise, thanks for introducing us to Josh Metellus, or at least me. I'd never <laughs> met Josh Metellus in the uh, the hallways yesterday.
2: Josh fun. is great. Yeah, we'll transition to Josh in a second, but let me just make it very clear. I mean, the Wolves literally wouldn't be doing their job, right? Dell Dents, Matt Lloyd, Tim Connolly, others in the front office if they weren't reaching out to a number of teams. So they've had dialogue with Washington as I laid out, Detroit as I laid out, but Certainly Atlanta as well. Like Atlanta is about the most active team in the league right now. So the Wolves have planted a number of seeds. Again, that's why I just feel like they will do something. Unfortunately, the Shake Milton signing has not worked out. There's a club yeah. option on his contract for next year. So essentially an expiring contract. I just don't know how the Wolves don't move off of minimum Shake Milton by Thursday at two o'clock.
0: Dugues? Yeah. Hunt. Uh, hon- on Josh hey, Judd. Yeah, we cheated call, on you, Judd. Yeah. I I was I was expecting you to continue. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um talk about the fact that, that that uh the most versatile safety perhaps in the National Football League was in our studios yesterday.
2: Yeah, I mean he's got an interest in media. In fact, he's on an airplane later today for New York. He's doing some stuff with good morning football. Nice Wednesday and Thursday morning with our good friend Jamie Erdahl and company, they have half their crew, I guess, what, in Vegas probably with the Super Bowl, but some mm-hmm. people are in New York. So he's making the rounds a little bit this week. was nice enough to come by the Hubbard Broadcasting Studio, so I sat down with him on the TV set for an interview that will air Sunday night. I mean, I get it. The Super Bowl is not on ABC, not on Channel 5, but a lot of people, once the game ends, they're watching TV. Inevitably, they will flip around, have a decent audience, on Sunday night, 10 30, 10 40 ish. So I'll go back and forth with Josh on Sunday night, but he's just, he's a pleasure. He's an extrovert. Like he's interested in doing all this. Like he was fascinated when I showed him the Twin Cities Live set. Him and his wife watched Twin Cities Live religiously. Like he was excited to meet Elizabeth Reese and Ben Lieber and some others. Right. So I just, I was giving him a tour. So I took him by the, radio stations and yeah lo and behold Declan was there AJ was there Phil was there Judd you were nowhere to be seen so yeah, we had a nice old. conversation <laughs> off mic with Josh
1: yeah um, it's so he he walked in and you know you're kind of showing him around and we make eye contact and I, and I was thinking oh Josh Metellus is in the house and I was going to introduce myself and he goes Purple Daily oh I, you know he's a he's a consumer of Purple Daily and my next question was Okay, do you hate us? Do you love us? Because sometimes you never know. We've praised him quite a bit on that show. We've called him the queen on the chessboard defensively. So uh, when when we praise players, they tend to love Purple Daily. Some other guys maybe, you know, if you're like Kirk Cousins, you probably don't like Purple Daily. But, yeah, it was a pleasure to meet him. What a great player and just a smart, nice dude. And he really was one of the main centerpieces of that defense. So, yeah, it was fun. It was fun just kind of running into him yesterday.
2: Yeah, and I mean, cool story, right? I mean, sixth-round pick, oftentimes those guys don't make it to a second contract. He gets the contract extension a year ago. I mean, he told me, I mean, he laid it out. I think they did it on a Fox graphic late in the regular season. Maybe it was that last game against Detroit or maybe the Christmas Eve game against Detroit, but just all the positions that he's played this year, right? But, like, I featured him last summer before training camp, all the work he was putting in to prepare for what he thought would be an expanded role. It turned out, Mm -hmm. yes, okay, very much expanded, but like Pilates, yoga. In fact, he's doing that right now. He's not like hardcore lifting right this second, but Pilates and yoga pretty much on a daily basis. Like the work is already underway for the 2024 season, the way he has changed his diet, doing some distance running. Like he'll run miles at a time just to get in better shape. So like the work he put in last year, which will continue into this year, give him credit. So it's just it's nice to see good guy and somebody putting all that work in, seeing it pay off.
0: Yeah. He had to be um among the top people relieved that Brian Flores is coming back too, because I I mean, yeah. Josh is a sixth round pick by Spielman, who I think was perceived as a special teams guy, right? And Flores, I don't know when, but at some point last winter probably, took one look and said, hold on a second here. And Josh went from special teams, and he he was good there, solid, but to an integral part of that defense. So I think among Flores' greatest personnel accomplishments, just with players, Josh Metellus has to be at the top of that list because he didn't just turn him into a safety. He turned him into a hybrid safety, uh, linebacker. I I mean, heck, the, the chart that Fox showed that you're talking about, Darren, he had played, I think, ultimately twelve different spots, which isn't really even possible, but like he he had played twelve spots, so he has to be among the top people, if not the top one, who who benefited from the transition from Donatel to Brian Flores
2: amen, like he'll tell you, like don't call him a safety, right he's like he's not sure what you should call him, just call him a football player it's a Depends football a player, player, but yeah. you can't just call him a safety <laughs> he's, he's a rope football. A safety. football. He's a rope? <laughs> He is an
1: athlete. He's an athlete. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's he's uber pumped. I mean, disappointed that Brian didn't even get an interview. Not a sniff, but understands it. But yeah, very grateful. He knows how much Brian enjoys it here. His family Mm -hmm. enjoys it here. So yeah, Josh is uber pumped about Brian being back. Plus, Durante Jones. So Jones interviews for the Giants' defensive coordinator job and doesn't get it. The Giants interviewed a number of candidates. Durante Jones doesn't get it, so Durante Jones will be back as a Vikings defensive assistant as well. Those are Josh's two guys.
1: Dukes, the Kirk Cousins media tour, the strategic, very strategic media tour the last few weeks, uh, continued on Sky Sports a couple days ago. So he's now, Kirk is now international with his little his little home office, his cardigan, his big smile, and and he's telling everyone how great rehab is going. And he's also, he told Sky Sports, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, I, oftentimes friends and family, they want to know wh- what's going to happen. And I have to tell them, you know, uh, you know, the conversations don't really start until March. So we'll just have to kind of see what happens in March. Now, Drew Brees was a free agent six years ago, and he re-signed with the Saints in the middle of February. So we w- when he says these conversations don't really start until March, that's not true. External conversations can't officially start until March. But where do you think this is at right now? It feels like there's a pretty wide gap, based on the tone of his media appearances, a pretty wide gap between what Cousins wants and what the Vikings are offering.
2: I would agree with that. Now, do we know if Kirk is at the Super Bowl? Is he making the rounds on Radio Row this week? Some TV appearances? He has in years past. I guess I haven't seen. I haven't received any emails. Not that I would. It really starts today. I'm not there, so there's no reason. But he has in years past. So, Judd,
0: do you know if he's in Vegas right now? I don't, but I, I'd be shocked if, if he's not because, because one, he, he can get some extra cash for peddling a product. And, two, in 2018, the whole platform for his signing with the Vikings was done here uh, the, the week of the, the Super Bowl. In fact, that's the famous stop at, what, Shake Shack in the Mall of America. So, but the I think the real Radio Row stuff starts today and tomorrow for sure. Yeah. So my guess is he's going to be there at some point in time to peddle something. And also, oh, perhaps... It's Tostitos. It's
1: yep, Tostitos. Tostitos. I okay. just saw the, the press release that came out okay. a couple well, weeks ago. Okay, well, then he's going
0: to be there.
2: <laughs> okay, so he is going to be there. I just texted somebody asking. So maybe this person instantly texts me back. If he or she does, I will let you know. If he or she doesn't, yeah, we can... Almost presume, just yeah. based on years past, that Kirk makes the media rounds in Vegas. And yeah, the hook is he's hawking some product, right? So yeah, he'll talk about Tostitos or you name the product. Then the conversation turns to a couple football questions, right? So he'll be asked about his pending free agency. I'll still okay. stand yeah. by what I've said that there's a price point, that the Vikings are not going to exceed that price point. Now, I've thought since the afternoon of October 29th that. You know, post Achilles tear, that that price point is going to be lower than if he had finished the season. I may be wrong in that calculation, though. All it takes is one team that that one team, whether it's Atlanta or someone else, may blow him his representation out of the water with an offer. I mean, Kirk is going to be running here soon. You'll see some videos on social media of him, you know, showing where he's at in terms of just moving around, being able to run in a straight line. So that's the next progression in his rehabilitation. But I may be wrong in my calculation that the price is going to be so high that all it takes is one team that, you know, he'll go and, and go take that big money offer, that it's a finite amount of time to maximize your earning potential. So, hey, if Atlanta or Pittsburgh or Denver or someone else makes that offer, Vegas, Washington, who knows, right? I mean, you've thrown that out, Judd. San Francisco, I don't see how that happens. But whoever the team is, if, you know, that team makes that offer, he may end up leaving. I just I don't think the Vikings are going to budge much off that price point that they established. I don't know what that is. Maybe they've already established it. I'm just saying. My sense is the Vikings established some sort of price point that they won't exceed.
1: By the way, here's the information. So he he I, I, apparently he will be in Vegas promoting. There's a pop up dining experience by Tostitos. Nice February 8th through the 10th called <laughs> Toast T O S T Toast by Tostitos. And uh, and now we're just. Hawking for Tostitos here, but limited reservations for a complimentary meal by Toast are open today and available at ToastByTostitos.com. It's off of uh, South Las Vegas Boulevard in Nevada near the Brooklyn Bridge at New York, New York. So the it's Brooklyn like right Bridge, on the strip. that's very
0: fitting. That's very fitting. Does Kirk ever hawk food he actually eats?
1: Can you imagine Kirk just plowing a bag of chips and cheese dip?
0: KFC (laughs) and now Tostitos. I guarantee you, none of these, none of these, touch his mouth. I don't know. Like
2: his kids might like Pizza Ranch,
0: right? Oh, his kids might like Pizza Ranch. Kirk scarfing it down with professional trainer guy. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, stay away from that. Oh
1: -Man. man, the corporate quarterback just hawking some Tostitos down in Vegas. Uh, Dukes, let's empty the scoop bag here. What? what let's start with twins, and then a uh, couple minutes on whatever other scoops you have. Are, could the twins make another move? Do you think?
2: Yeah, they could. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, February fourteenth, first what non? I guess it's what pitchers and catchers, right? So soft launch. Yeah. You know, yeah. If you're an outfielder, whatever infielder, you're probably at camp, but it's not an official workout. First full squad workout February eighteenth. So the clock is ticking, but you can add somebody February twenty fifth. March 6th, right, opening day, March 28th in Kansas City. So I wouldn't rule out some sort of move. I mean, they're still sort of kicking the tires on Michael Lorenzen. I mean, they've talked trade with all these teams. Like, you know, Corbin Burns gets moved, what, late last week. You know, now it's possible Milwaukee really liked those Baltimore prospects they got. But, hey, the Twins did speak with the Brewers. I don't think it would have been real hard to match or exceed That offer just feels like Baltimore didn't give up a ton. I'm sure you guys touched on that Mm -hmm. on one of the other shows. But, like, the Twins had conversations with Milwaukee. They've spoken with the White Sox about Cease, right? They've spoken with Miami. Miami's got some starters. So, like, I wouldn't necessarily rule out a move. Like, how much can you trust Chris Paddock? What's Bailey Ober's innings threshold this year? Like, can you trust Bailey Ober to give you 175 innings this year? So there are still some innings to eat up. So, like, you can make a case. Plus, he's right? I mean, with his injury history, how many innings is he giving you? So you can make a case that the Twins could use yet another starting pitcher. So I'm not dismissing it. I don't sense anything is on the cusp. But, yeah, it certainly is possible. Plus, I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation that my sense is there's been some recent dialogue on retaining, re-signing Michael A. Taylor, who is still out there. Now, to me, when – Harrison Bader gets the money he gets, when Kevin Kiermeyer gets the money he gets, we're talking ten, ten and a half million dollars. Is Michael A. Taylor really coming back like at five and a half million, six yeah. million? I have a hard time seeing that, but if he was willing, he did like it here. The twins like him. I'm just saying, like, it's not like the twins have shut off their phones since the Jay Jackson and Carlos Santana editions.
0: Okay. Do we think the Bally's deal being uh, with Diamond Sports Group being done for a year? Do we think that adds stability to what they they know they can spend, or do you think because they are expected to take a fifteen percent cut from the fifty five million or more? Do we know for sure it's fifteen percent?
2: I think it might be less than that, or excuse I, me, more than that. I heard it's more. I yeah, I okay. heard
0: it's more. Yeah, but yeah. but my question is this. Do we think the stability of knowing what you're going to get helps or d- does it not help because it is a cut and that was always their plan to set the books by what they expected the cut to potentially be from their TV deal?
2: Yeah, the latter. Yeah, I mean my understanding thing. is Joe Pollad it was an edict very very early in the off season, like early November even before the GM meetings that hey, payroll is going to be cut pretty significantly. So right now they're at about what 122, 123 Opening day last year, Declan was at like one fifty one, or maybe end of the year is a better indication one fifty three or one fifty four at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, and I believe they're at so they're one, about 30 they're at like one twenty three right now with the uh, Santana signing.
2: Yeah, so I mean, it would be nice, right? I mean, the idea is after you win a playoff series for the first time in forever, mm-hmm. like now's the time to spend, you know, retain Sunny Gray or go get Blake Snell or Jordan oh. Montgomery, right? I mean, we love it, right? But it just it was never. It was never in the cards. Now, why they went on the record with it, because to me, just organically, just with Joey Gallo off the books, Emilio Pagan off the books, like the payroll to me was always going to go down. So I don't know why they went on the record with it. You know, back in November, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I think it was going to happen anyway. But yeah, yeah, Judd, to answer your question, yeah, my sense is more the latter, that. Yeah, I mean, they knew all along going back to November, whatever the number was going to be from local TV revenue, that they were always going to slash the payroll pretty significantly. Yeah.
1: Well, dudes, we got a bounce. We got some Viking stuff to speculate on. All right, sounds good. Two more
2: notes, right? Tradition. So two more. So Oklahoma City Thunder, Dallas Mavericks at the barn tonight to scout the Gophers and Michigan State Spartans. And I had a chance late last week, I sent you a photo, Phil. I was on the field with Joe Alt. Yeah. So from Notre Dame, he's only twenty years old. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even turn twenty-one for like another three or four weeks. He has to be the youngest he's draft stud. prospect in this class, dude. He's like I don't know top, how he he's like top, top ten seven.
1: project. Yeah, he's top eight, top ten projected. For like sure. that's a
2: very easy one. Like when you're making your mock drafts, pick seven, Tennessee Titans, Joe Alt. That yeah. makes all the sense in the world. But I had a chance to have a conversation with Joe. In fact, I addressed Joe and some other draft prospects, but. Just watching Joe, watching your guy, Alex Boone, put him through a workout. Uh-huh. Man alive. Like, he is so impressive. Six seven to be able to move the way he moves. Left tackle, but you could also shift him over to right tackle. So mature. You think about the lineage with his dad's history playing in the NFL. Man alive, I just, I was blown away at how impressive Joe Alt was on Friday.
1: Was
0: Boone uh, dropping some very radio safe words too during these workouts, Doogie?
2: Put it this way, Declan. We considered miking him up, yeah. right, to get some natural sound, right, <laughs> for a future TV piece. I thought after about 30 seconds, nope, not nope. <laughs> nope. Be- it didn't make sense, right?
1: FCC's not going to take that. Nope.
2: Correct. Yes. <laughs>
1: Amazing. All right, there he is, Darren doogie Wilson from Thanks, the Dukes. 5 Eyewitness News Sports All right, boys. Department. Take it Great easy. Stuff, man. We'll talk on we'll Thursday. We'll see you Thursday. Yeah. All right, uh, we've got a couple Purple Daily episodes coming at you today as well, so uh, stay tuned across the Scornorth network of hot takery.